Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw Countout. It's Saturday. That means it's Countout Day, Larson. Very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, and, of course, we're on the road. What are you pointing at? Stop pointing. The road to WrestleMania. There's a WrestleMania no sign WrestleMania over there. Sign. Stop pointing. I'm pointing at Brock Lesnar's high school picture. It's or not college. a WrestleMania sign. It's college picture. College picture, not a WrestleMania sign. Anyways, we're on the road to WrestleMania, Larson, which, of course, means... Uh, we're going to do a bunch of count outs about WrestleMania. Correct. Because lazy. That's why. No, topical. Topical. I'm sorry. Topical. That's topical. what I meant. We should do uh, top 10 uh, Simon Gotch Berry's Enzo Amore videos. Does that show up in all of your recommendations? It showed up a lot. It shows up everywhere. I was literally YouTubing. I was trying to YouTube a leak under my toilet. I saw that. I saw what you put on Twitter, yeah. And it was boom, 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 boom. And then there he's burying Enzo Amore again. There it is. What? I, I've already watched the video. Maybe they think, yeah, after getting frustrated, try to fix that toilet leak. You want some levity in your life. Maybe Simon Gotch knows something about plumbing. That's, that's the possibility. He knows too. something about 10 next for the win. Next time we see him, we should ask him. I'm going to ask him next time and say, hey, what is with you? Always in my recommendations, burying Enzo Amore. Yeah. How much further can you bury him? Apparently plenty. All of it. All of it. Yes. Anyways, we're not here to talk about toilet leaks. Or Simon Enzo Gotch burying Mori. Enzo Mori. Or Simon Gotch. We're here to talk about WrestleMania. Uh, and much like last week, we're here to talk about the worst of WrestleMania. Yeah. In this case, the worst matches of WrestleMania. Yeah. There's been some really good WrestleMania matches. There's also been a lot of turds. And here's the thing. Like, yeah, you can, you can dive into the deep cuts of like early Mania maybe or uh, mid-aughts. But if, if you're being honest with yourself about early days of WrestleMania, most of the wrestling wasn't very good anyways. <laughs> right. Exactly. So we're not we're not really looking at matches that weren't meant to have some sort of expectations behind them. Many of the WrestleMania matches, really, there's not a lot of expectation behind it. So it's like, it's yeah, it's fine. You're a turd, whatever. That's not what we're looking at. We're looking at matches that probably, for whatever, one reason or other, should have been a hell of a lot better. Yeah. And they were just turds. Yeah. They were absolute turds. So it's more of an expectations <laughs> game. You see on paper, uh, I'll throw one of the, the, the matches out here. Uh, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. News the ingredients there for something good. Well, and interesting, and not, only yeah. not only does it disappoint, it, it, it disappoints greatly. Yeah. It, yeah. That match, and we'll speak about it more in a little bit, 
uh, that match almost ruined that whole WrestleMania for me. Right, exactly. So let's just dive into yes, it. please. Here we go. Your top 10 worst WrestleMania matches. Number 10. 10. Dean Ambrose versus Brock Lesnar. The buildup to this match wasn't actually terrible because it was Ambrose going to various hardcore legends, Mick Foley, Terry Funk, getting advice, and perhaps more importantly, weapons. Because it was a street fight. It was a street fight to use against Brock Lesnar. And remember that one, the point and the buildup to it is, is Ambrose rolls down the ring uh, on an episode of Raw with his with like a red wagon full of weapons. Yeah. With his logo Radio on Radio flyer, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like with that. his logo on it. Yeah. And uh, like the implication there is like, okay, we're going to get a really good, not CZW level street fight, but you know, like a good Attitude Era uh, era street fight. Um, and then uh, the match happened, and then that, that didn't happen. So this was at WrestleMania 32, which yeah. was a, a bad WrestleMania. Yeah, it wasn't good. It was coming off of a, I think 31 was pretty good. We were there. Yeah, WrestleMania 31 was I fun. think that's well known as being, 30 was really good. 31 yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. Had a killer ending. Yeah. Um, 32 main event, uh, Triple H, Herman Reigns, not a good match. That's not, I mean, that could have made this because, yeah. man, they, that was slow, they like was sort plotting. of re, they re-killed Roman Reigns with that mm-hmm. idea. However, uh, yeah, this Dean Ambrose, Brock Lesnar one. <clears throat> so, number one, first and foremost, Brock Lesnar broke the cardinal rule of street fights. He was not wearing jeans. He was not wearing jeans. Dean, I, of course, he always wears jeans, but he came prepared for street fight in jeans. Brock just wore his normal gear. I don't know if Brock, I don't, I don't know, even in like regular pictures of him, I don't know if you've ever seen him in jeans. He usually wears like sweats. Wasn't he wearing jeans when he went to that uh, WB2K event? He had jeans. A, oh, and a blazer. And a blazer on. Yeah, and a shirt. So there you go. I don't know. I didn't look at him. I didn't want to risk making sure eye had, contact. Pretty sure he had jeans on. Anyways. All I, them other dudes that were interviewing him. Woo. I do not. Mm-mm. No, I made eye contact with him once from across. Scary. The, yeah, man. Oh. He's a huge individual. It's Anyways. like that time we saw Suge Knight. And then we were like, we got to go this way. Yeah. It was on the floor of E3. Yeah. Ooh. He might have asked me for the rights to my hit song. Well, luckily for you, you have no hit songs. No. No royalties to fork over to Suge Knight. Anyways, the Lesnar's greater transgression, not wearing jeans, it was not giving a shit. Yeah, it's almost, you can almost see the, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll No, there was no almost in the build to this. Brock Lesnar obviously gave zero Fs about this program. Well, I was going to say. He was not invested you, in it whatsoever. You could almost see the resentment on his face, and it usually you can see that, but... You could. It was like he was looking at Dean and thinking, "Well, I'm not going to do it. I don't. I think Brock just doesn't like deathmatch guys. I think that's the thing. And I think Dean, you know, and and we'll we'll get to the quotes here in a bit. But he sort of illustrated the point. It made it put a bigger microscope on this <clears throat> when he went on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast on the, that time it was on the network, mm-hmm. and and he talked about this match. Um, and then when you go back and you watch the match, which I did last night. Um, I mean, Brock takes a bit of a beating with kendo sticks. Yeah, but then he grabs a kendo stick and he just breaks it in half. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, he does. I think he goes back and he uses it on, on Dean. I think that the most telling thing for me was at the very end of the match, um, you know, Brock does the F5, I think, on a bunch of chairs. Yeah, that's the finish, uh, yeah. To Dean. And then he rolls out. And, you know, he's got some welts on him. He's hurting. And he just picks up the fire extinguisher that hadn't been used during the match. And he just sort of starts spraying it up in the general vicinity, like from the floor yeah. to, towards uh, where little Nate and Dean are. And then he just sort of tosses it down. And he just has this look like, well, that's not what I didn't want to do any of that. Yeah. Contemptuous you know, of the whole prospect. Kind of. The whole, uh, the whole deal, yes. So then Dean went on Stone, uh, Steve Austin's podcast like a year later, less than a year later. 
And uh, Ambrose said this about that match. When asked, he said, I went to the ring that night pretty pissed off, but then I really started to enjoy. As I walked to the ring, I had no idea what was going to happen. <clears throat> went out there with not so much a plan, with not much of a plan, so to speak. No, you got to do this in Dean Ambrose's voice. <clears throat> oh, sorry. And then Austin says, what were you pissed off about? Uh, I, I felt like I was pulling teeth to turn that match into something epic and so forth. <laughs> and so forth. Yeah. You're an MMA fan just like I am. Was it a disconnect in styles? <clears throat> artistically in the ring. Ambrose says, uh, artistically, Brock didn't want to do anything, if we're going to be perfectly honest. Uh, Brock's going to Brock. He's all about Brock. I had a vision for that match to be the craziest thing imaginable. You know what I mean? And I was trying to pitch everything to everybody and had every idea. I put so much effort in it, so much work in it, and other people did too, and I was met with laziness. I kept thinking at the end of the day, once we get in the ring, it's going to be oh, okay. We'll figure it out once we get in the ring. We went out there, whacked each other with weapons. I got suplexed a bunch of times. Pretty good. Good job. Thanks. I don't know. It's a great day performance right there. On the, it, it really was. My voice kind of messed up right now. Um, it actually worked to your favor in this, in this circumstance. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. On the flip side of this, maybe, I mean, I, 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 I'm curious to know what Brock's point of view is. It, it probably is just, well, I didn't want to do any of that stuff. Yeah. It's probably that. But here's the thing. We've seen AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, and Finn Balor. And they're all a certain type of wrestler, which is not Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm, I have no doubt that the Seth match is going to be killer. Yeah. We've seen, uh, granted, I think Brock, at 31, Brock was having a good match with Roman. Mm -hmm. I just think they haven't been able to have a good match because of the way that it's been booked, because of the way it's been produced. Yeah, usually it's just all like infinite finishers and But stuff I think like that. Brock likes Roman. Yeah. Um, obviously, Brock loves Taker. Yeah. There's something about Dean, and maybe maybe there was a mix, not artistically or stylistically, but personality-wise. It could be the way Dean approached Brock, and maybe there was something off-putting about it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, know. But it was obvious, regardless of the reasons. So I'm not going to lay it all on Brock, because he's had good matches with other opponents that we really like. Yeah. Um, so I won't put it all on him. Regardless of the reasons... It was a it was it was a boring match because it was obvious that one guy didn't want to do one thing and the yeah. other guy wanted to do another thing. And we'll talk later on when Brock does not want to be involved in a match. Mm -hmm. he what happens? Yeah, and the match suffers because of it. Yeah, but you can kind of like the the general vibe of him was, well, I'm taking all these kendo sticks. This is annoying. I want out of here. Yeah, you know, which is not a good match. No, anyway, no, not at all. Moving on, number ten. No, nine, nine. Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. We were there for this one, WrestleMania 33. Yeah. Uh, this was Whoa. laughably bad. This was... We've talked about this match endlessly, and, and, and because it, I think it left such an impact on us and, and, and how disappointing it was. Um, so we don't need to rehash the whole story leading up to it. But essentially, Orton turns on Wyatt, burns down the compound. The it was process, very story-ish. Yeah, you know, It was yeah. very... Like yeah, they are the, trying to write a TV show. Yeah, in the process... Of, of of trying to do something with his now burned down compound, Wyatt gains, as he puts it, satanic powers. Yeah. So he's walking into this match seemingly with powers of Satan in his very bones. Yeah. And how does the how do these powers manifest themselves in the ring? Projections uh, yeah. of bugs. Yeah. It was very silly. And if that wasn't enough, how ridiculous it was, how laughable it was, people were laughing. Yeah. Uh Take that out of the equation. The match was still a turd. Mm -hmm. It was it was like there was basically the only story beats they had planned for this match 
was the projections. They yeah. had nothing else planned in terms of progressing the actual in-ring story. Because of that, it was just like a match. It would have been a subpar SmackDown match. I feel like that that House of Horrors match that sort of combed the it had a heck of a lot more creativity to it. I'll tell you that it much. did. Like say what you will about it. I know the crowd. Here's the thing, <laughs> especially at WrestleMania, you're sitting there. Especially this WrestleMania, this this WrestleMania literally put me off going to WrestleManias forever. And then I read a thing this morning that said, uh, "This WrestleMania might the one coming up might be the longest. Like it's gonna, you know, and it could have like 15 <clears throat> matches. I, I read 17. <laughs> that was the thing. It was like 17 matches. Ridiculous. Um, it's too many. So, like, the live crowd, we're already seeing plenty of live wrestling. It's okay, then, to throw to a big screen and let us watch a House of Horrors match at WrestleMania as opposed to, like, a month later whenever it happened. Yeah, payback. Um, And so I think that would have been a much better thing to do. This, I don't know who thought, listen, this is what we're going to do. Every five minutes... We're going to project some bugs on the thing. We'll have a camera up top. It'll be very dynamic. It'll be very interesting. Like when you sit down and like visualize how that's going to play out, it's just boring. You know what it is. It's just boring. Someone watched that tunnel sequence from Willy Wonka. Yeah. And thought, hey, they just project a bunch of weird things down that tunnel. Yeah. When it gets creepy and stuff. Let's just do that. Yeah, which is fine. And there, there's, there's, I think there's a place for that. There is a place for that. But you need Gene Wilder singing the song well, to tie that, it all together. That would be ideal. However, even barring that, if you look at that sequence, the the intensity of the projections, including a chicken getting its head cut off, are go, grow in intensity and the music gets more. So you could have maybe done something like this where, I don't know, the projections aren't just and then they leave and, yeah. then, and yeah. then they leave if you're doing something that is used to heighten the tension and it builds in intensity there's no build that's fine no build but it, it, it was not there's no build there was zero build. No build it was like it was like fundamental wrestling moves and then projection go back to fundamental like even the wrestling was very yeah, it was, basic it was very basic it was boring. very basic boring how many did did he did it only take one RKO at the end that's terrible. That's terrible. And that's for the WWE Championship. Yep. That's terrible. It was. It was a bad match. Really bad. Moving on, Steve. Number eight. Eight. Boss Man versus Taker. Hell in a Cell, WrestleMania 15. I remember watching this at my right. parents' house. And thinking at the time, like, Undertaker can move really well. <laughs> Boss Man is noted for being one of the, the, the more agile big men in wrestling history. Why are they just standing around brawling the whole time? This is boring. Yeah, it was boring. It is really boring. Younger you was correct. And you think about all the great matches that have taken place in Hell in a Cell. This was this was uh, months. This was uh, fully going through the cell. It was the previous May. Was the previous May. Okay, so it was yeah, nine months. It's about a year. Yeah, okay, yeah. Man, man, oh, man. That, so was, in a, that was in May? Why do I associate May or that June. with I associate that June. with November? It's not November. No, it Helen, King, it was King of the Ring. King of the Ring. It's either okay. May or June. Um, and then, so they didn't really use the cell at all until the end when the Undertaker uh, hanged the boss man. Late June. So Late it was June. nine months right. later. Uh, hanged boss man. Yeah. From the cell. And they lift the cell up a little bit. And you get boss man there hanging. Yeah, it was actually. It's horrendous. But it, it's there, there was some inadvertent comedy. Number one, it's funny because I was looking at some message boards last night. Because wrestling message boards are amazing. It's, it's an interesting scene, man. It it definitely is. But you get a lot of different thoughts and opinions about certain yes. matches. And there is this one. Somebody posed a question on one of those wrestling boards. Um, 
Bossman versus Taker, should this have been the match? It's funny because in the in the lead up video, there really was no reason why it's Bossman as opposed to any number of other people involved with the corporation. Because this mm-hmm. was the Undertaker sending a message to the corporation. I do. When was the reveal? When was the it was me reveal? Oh, I don't recall. Because man, how pissed off is Bossman now? When it's like, wait a second, I was part of the faction that was going to align with this faction anyways? Well, I just got murdered. I, they hung me. Mm-hmm. But somebody speculated that the only reason why it was Boss Man is because his ring attire was such that you could hide the thing. Yeah, the, the harness. Yeah. The harness, yeah. So he can be <clears throat> safely hung. The greatest thing about that match, though, well, number one, there was a funny bit where uh, uh, Boss Man handcuffed Undertaker yeah. to, the, to the cage. Which makes sense because he's boss. That was actually some good logic right there. Yeah, yeah. He's got all of his weapons at his disposal. Yeah. And Undertaker just very gingerly starts like trying to kick at him, even though he's like well out of reach. It's so stupid. But the funniest bit, and I'll show you right Make now. Make sure your volume's off. It is. If you're gonna. The funniest bit about this is when the brood uh, come oh, yeah. descend to uh, to to attach to 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 lower the noose. Yeah. Um. And uh, they come down on wires. Uh, okay, so there's a three count. And then we're going to watch this live because I don't think you've seen this. I, I, didn't, I, probably, I, I probably haven't seen it since it originally aired. Right, right, right. Oh, it's probably over closer to over here. Oh, there we go. Okay, so, so yeah. So here we go. Lights go out. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah, they, they hung him. But watch what happens to the brood. They start ascending. <laughs> okay, so... Here we go. Oh, I'll just dear. rewind a little bit. If you watch closely, once Undertaker has the harness locked in and the noose on, like you see Gangrel, yeah. he's kind of elevating. And Edge is just... He's just suspended up he's there. He's just suspended. And he's doing this. Like he's doing the flying motion, but he's just chilling there. He's got to be nervous as all hell, in man. Air. Well, that's the funny thing is that you have to think there was a production meeting where they told the brood, here's what you're going to do at the end of this match. You're going to repel on on wires, lower a a, a noose down, and then we're going to bring you back up. Say what? Yeah. You know, Gangrel's probably like, I'm a wrestler, not a stunt man. That's not my job. Still doing that. That's that's terrifying. That's terrifying. Edge says, you think you know me. You think you know me. That's not really what I'm into, man. <laughs> you think you know me. It's really not my thing. You think you know me, but you really don't because it's not my thing. I don't want to do that. Let's probably go along with whatever it says. Hey, yeah, yeah, good good idea, Adam. But yeah, he's just, he's just like this. What the hell? He's probably cracking up up there. He's like this. Well, or, I think it's probably crapping himself. Yeah, crapping himself. Then in hindsight, he's, he can crack up about it. Man, that is terrible. Terrible match. Number seven. Seven. Hulk Hogan versus Sid Justice. Ooh-wee. WrestleMania 8. Oh, man. Sid is the worst, best wrestler of all time. Sorry, the best, worst wrestler of all time. The best, worst. Wildly wrestler. entertaining. What's great about this match is they do the same exact sequence twice. Sequence twice. Yeah. They open the match. Sid attacks Hogan before the bell. Uh, Irish whip against the ropes. For some reason, Sid decides to hit the mat mm-hmm. to allow Hogan to jump over him. Yeah. He gets up. Hogan clocks and knocks out of the ring. So there's a little gaga around the ring for a bit. Bell rings. Sid gets back in. They do the same exact Literally sequence. Same thing. The same exact thing. It's By, like a match two rookies put on and put together in the early days of training to make sure they get the fundamentals right. Like when I watch, I, I have I follow Santino Brothers Wrestling yeah, Academy. Yeah. 
on Instagram and they always post really, really awesome training videos Mm -hmm. and it's just fundamentals of wrestling. And sometimes they'll spotlight some rookie and hey, or they'll spotlight two rookies, you know, who are still learning. And that looked like that. It looked like that, you know, but Santino brothers does it better than Hogan and Sid. I know. Um, so there's a lot to unpack here. Number one, WrestleMania 8, the, the, this was supposed to be, this was advertised during the show as Hogan's retirement match. This mm-hmm. was supposed to be his last match. Mm-hmm. And they did this uh, shoot-style interview prior to the match, and Hogan is totally mellow. There's no, uh, and they're sitting, it's a sit-down is set. It, it's a shoot voice, right? It's a shoot voice, yeah. yeah He's yeah. like, man, you know, I think about it, and I think about you know going out there and, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, and so it's a bit weird. And then they do a, 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 a promo with Sid, and he's in full Sid. Oh, absolutely! Like face just in the camera. Oh, that's great. And he's just so intense. But neither man, like he broke more of a sweat during that promo than he did during this match because there was no running besides that one. The two sequences no, with the running there was, the ropes. Uh, there was a headlock. There was a nerve hold. Oh man, it was all. We just, got a choke slam from Sid and yeah. a power bomb, and Hogan hulked out out of the power bomb pin. Yeah, uh, hit a, body, a boot, uh, power or body slam, and a, a leg drop. Yeah, and then you know apparently Papa Shango was supposed to come out and break up the pin, cause a DQ there. So Sid had to kick out of the Hogan leg drop. Uh, fast forward about five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Papa Shango finally makes his way down the Now, ring. we had read, that was something that we had sort of read and sort of kept the assumption going. Is it, <clears throat> given how late Papa Shango ran out there, and I said, I used run, I don't know, there, he had to have pulled something back. Yeah, he wasn't running at all. Because it was a very, it was like was an old ambulating. man saunter. He was amb- ambulating. And, I mean, because Papa Shango, that was Charles Wright, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could totally move when he was Godfather oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Common, all yeah, 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 that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. he was fine. He was, maybe he was just in character. He's supposed to be more of like a zombie. Yeah, yeah, guy. yeah. But he was ambling out there like a minute after. But when the the kickout happened, like so, we had heard that Papa Shango was supposed to run out and interrupt, break up pitfall, break yeah. up the pinfall. Yeah, he didn't come out to like a minute later. Yeah, it took a while. It was a long time later, but. Harvey Whippleman was out there. I mean, if if the original plan was for Papa Shango to break up the pinfall, cause DQ there, it's actually kind of impressive they orchestrated everything to cause a DQ anyways, mm-hmm. kind of. So Sid kicks out with authority. Yeah. Um, and immediately Harvey Whippleman's on the apron. Hogan goes over, uh, throws him in the ring. That actually causes the DQ. Here's Here's what I think probably... I think whoever said the Papa Shango thing probably got it wrong. Maybe. Here's what my speculation is. Hogan drops the leg. Whippleman gets up on the apron right as he does that. That distracts the ref who comes over, has to deal with Whippleman while Hogan has the pin and the, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six. There's no count. Then maybe when the ref goes over and counts. So it might have either been on Harvey. It could have been on the ref. It could have been them doing it too early. Who knows? But I would be surprised if it was Papa Shango because we had read that mm-hmm. or heard an interview somewhere mm-hmm. and assumed that was the case. It was like a it's, minute, maybe two. It's a long time before Papa Shango And it's out. a long ramp. So the idea that he can run out there yeah. and hit the ring right as that two count's going to happen, yeah. people were not athletic enough to do that back then. <laughs> so That needed to be a circumstance where he's hiding under the ring. Right, exactly. So there was some, but yeah, you, you ended up with Sid kicking out of a Hogan leg drop, which is pretty impressive. Which hadn't happened at that point. Like kayfabe wise, Sid is like, his power levels go up huge. Yeah, but then there's the rest of his career. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then Papa Shango comes out. They start beating up on Hogan. Who makes the save? 
Ultimate Warrior. Oh, that's right. This was all orchestrated to get Warrior back. That's right. And have him, I guess, replace Hogan as top guy. After Warrior had... It was only like months earlier, I think, that Warrior had been fired for ad demand for his monetary demands. The SummerSlam incident? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Previous August then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, previous August. And... Uh, but they, they brought him back because Vince was worried that Hogan was retiring. And he brought back Warrior because he thought he could make money off you him. You know, that's interesting, according to Pritchard, that uh, Sid was going to be groomed to be uh, the next top babyface. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be a baby, though. He wanted to be a heel. Oh, really? Yep. That's interesting. He didn't like being a babyface. He wanted to be a heel. Huh. So that's he could have been top you know guy funny? in WWE. That's interesting. You making know, tons of money. I wonder if to him being until a heel. season. Yeah. I wonder if to him being a heel, well, there could, there could be two things. I wonder if being a heel is just like easier for him because he's just, all he has to do is be intense. Could be. Whereas he, when he smiles, number one, whenever I've seen him in interviews and on, uh, big, was it Big Brother? Yeah. He seems like a very pleasant guy. Yeah. He seems like a pretty pleasant guy. Um, like he seems like a softball player. Yeah. Like a beer league guy. Well, also, I was going to th- say maybe as a heel, uh, you know, if, if you're top baby face in you WWE, media. You got to do media, but no, you got to be around all the <laughs> exactly, time. Yeah, yeah you you're can. a heel. You can pop in and out when you want to. Uh-huh, I yeah. guess in his yeah. mind, you can go play softball. <laughs> in his mind, exactly. <laughs> you take some summer months off to go hit some softballs and come back. And hey, I'm back. I'm a heel. Yeah. And then the uh, the warrior thing didn't last long at all because of steroids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they brought him back again. Well, then uh, no, he, he actually he took. Yeah, he took some time off, or he he went like on the independent circuit. Um, he did matches elsewhere, and then came back at twelve. Yeah, for that Triple H match, mm-hmm. um, and then two years after that, we got Halloween Havoc. Oh dear, nineteen ninety eight. Anyways, moving that was on. Terrible. Moving on, but yeah, this Hogan Sid match is a joke. Like, did you end of the friggin' DQ? They ended Mania with a DQ. I know. I know that's like that's sort of the bigger thing. Here. I know, but I guess since and probably Vince's mind, well, Warriors coming out to do a run in that'll get the crowd uh, excited and, and send them home happy. The theme, look, Warriors yeah. back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home. It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Anyways, I'm, I'm moving on. Number six. Six. Butterbean versus Bart Gunn. So this was like a supplemental match to Brawl for All. Bart Gunn had won it. 
Um, yeah, you win Brawl for All. You get to be on the big stage with Butterbean. Yeah, I know. It was your prize for winning. Noted tough man, Butterbean. For winning shoot matches against the likes of JBL, Dr. Death, and yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it is in a lot of ways a perfect encapsulation of Brawl for All uh, in a lot of ways. Um, Watch careers be destroyed in front of your eyes. <laughs> but although Bart Gunn took the momentum of winning Brawl for All, went to Japan and had a nice career for himself. Yeah. Um, but could you imagine if he beat Butterbean here? Oh, man. He'd be a huge star. He'd probably be in line for a WWE title Problem shot. is, he had zero chance of ever beating Butterbean. Yeah, he, that was never going to happen. And if you watch this this you fight, see that. It is, it, the evidence of that is clear as day. We watched this together the other day. We watched just, it like four times, the, the <laughs> knockout especially. Well, they replayed this shit out of I it. know. Um, and the funny thing that you can see is, number one, it was, you know, hats off to Bart Gunn for getting through Brawl for All and, yeah. and sort of proving the world. Because, like you know, like you said, he was able to take the momentum from that into Japan and have a really stellar career. Mm-hmm. Um, and he could have been probably a bigger deal in WWE if it wasn't a, for this Butterbee match. But, uh, but yeah, he, you know, he's sort of the guy least likely, like, you well, know. they wanted Dr. Death to win it, and they brought him the company to win it to set him up as, as a, a heel foil for Stone Cold in a title program. God, the, the, to be a fly on the wall in that conversation. Here's the thing. We're going to bring in Dr. Death. To win a shoot fight tournament. He, okay, so hold on a second. There's a lot of, like, some of these guys are Golden Gloves guys. Some of these guys might be able to beat him, right? Like, this is, this is a shoot, like a real fight? Real fight? Yeah. Yeah, real fight. So we're not going to rig it. You just assume that he's going to come in here. Yeah, and he's so tough. You know he has been pinned in the states in like a decade. <laughs> yeah, BC, that's a shoot. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, br- hey, bro. Listen, bro. So, anyways, Bart Gunn wins this whole thing, <laughs> and his reward is clown is, show is getting knocked out by Butterbean. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there his? People speculating that this was actually punishment for Bart Gunn actually winning a shoot uh, fight tournament. <laughs> that wasn't surprising. Instead of Dr. Death. Oh, how dare you knock out Dr. Death in yeah. a shoot fight tournament. Yeah. So here is your punishment. You get knocked out by Butterbean. Well, it was probably, you know, I, it, it might not have been punishment, maybe. It might have been. Let's it, test your metal, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you think you're a big shot, huh? All right, well, let's see. Enter hey. Butterbee. Yeah, hey, what could go wrong? Look, it's a win-win. So there's a no-lose scenario here. Either Butterbean annihilates him, and we're not going to do anything with him anyways, yeah. or Bark Gun beats Butterbean, and we made a star, you know? Yeah, I guess so. Like, either way, it's a win-win for the WWE. Uh, not so much for Bark Gun, though. Scenario one happened. He got annihilated. Yeah. Just And you could see, it's funny because I noted this when they were doing their standoff before the match when we were watching it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, like Bart Gunn is a chiseled dude. Yeah, like his he is. face, he looks like, yeah. like uh, one of them cigarette ads, yeah. you know, back yeah. in the 80s, yeah. like a Marlboro guy. Marlboro man. Yeah. So he's in there. And then he said, yeah, but look at his eyes. He looks scared. Yeah. And he did. He totally Butter did. Butterbean did not look scared at all. No, he was like, "This is, a, this is going to be the." It's he's like calculating his mind how much money he's going to make per second of the fight. Yeah, yeah, and he's out there, and it's it's like if I went out on the court with a bunch of ten year olds with basketball, I'm like, "Oh man, I'm going to annihilate these kids, just murder them." I mean, these days I'd probably throw my back out, but ten years ago I could annihilate some ten year olds. Did you have any? Was there any desire yesterday during your kids' March Madness tournament? To go out there and annihilate some kids? No, but oh, between between uh, games, I guess there was an adult out there that they had to kind of referee. Oh yeah, a bit just to make sure people were inbounding and stuff. Yeah, 
and, uh, and he was out there, um, and there's a, a kid shooting around. I'll, I just want to go out there and shoot around. Yeah, of course. That's really it. Yeah, yeah. Because they had, you know, like balled a, up that ref, man. He was tall, man. Oh, he was man. like six five. It'd be embarrassing in front of your kid. That'd, yeah, be, no. that'd suck. Don't do that. No. That's not a fight you want. Just like Bart nope. Gunn probably didn't want this butterbean fight. Nope. So yeah, he uh, he gets knocked down once, like yeah. moments into the match. He uh, and he planks. He kind of planks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he planks. In and the then ring. the 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 ref is a uh, Vidi Panzienza. Yeah, I believe is his name. He gets him up, checks his hands, like you can still fight. You gotta make sure there's weight behind the hands so you can keep the hands up. He lets the fight continue. Uh, a body shot from butterbean, <laughs> boom, knockout blow. Um, it looked bad. Like that head his went. His head was like on the same plane as his shoulder. Yeah. That looks so neat. It, it, lo- it was very satisfying. It's probably very satisfying for Butterbean. He's like, oh my God, that was amazing. Yeah, Bart Gunn falls over like a. like a Oh, a sack of potatoes. Sack. Just, just out. And they go. And the trainers on Mixture. Like, oh my know, God, are you alive? We're going to have our yeah. first death at WrestleMania. And Butterbean celebrates. I really. Talk about a fly on the wall. How great would it have been to see Vince's live reaction to that? Oh, He's man. He's laughing. Yeah. <laughs> It probably was. That was amazing, though. Vince Russo back there. Bro. Bro. Oh, he got annihilated, bro. bro. Anyways, moving on. Number five. Five. Vince McMahon versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 26. There's two aspects of this. Um, first of all, considering everything Bret had gone through physically just a few years prior... Uh, his effort in this is very commendable. Yeah. He was moving around pretty well following his stroke. Um, a few years back, was it 2002? It was 2002, yeah. Yeah, so this is several years later. Um, but granted, he wasn't the Bret Hart of the yeah. mid-90s, but he was moving around pretty darn well for a guy who had a stroke a few years prior. I guess it's it's kind of interesting. Like, there, Bret Hart seems like a very complex individual. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who had been screwed over a couple times by the WWE, he'd gone to the w, WCW, you know, had his brother die in an accident in WWF while he was gone. Um, it's kind of surprising that that Bret Hart would then participate in something like this, which mm-hmm. is just an attraction. You know, the Bret Hart who took his wrestling very, yeah. very seriously. Yeah, took his character very, very, very seriously. seriously would do something like this. But it's obvious the dude, after his stroke, which, you know, he was on the precipice of death, obviously, um, found some perspective. And that's what's most interesting about this because it is a terrible wrestling match. Yeah, there is not, not wrestling. He could not take any bumps. Yeah. He had a, a Lloyd's of London insurance policy that said, you are super limited with what you're allowed to do out there on TV. And, you know, so he didn't run the ropes most of the time and he was moving fine. But like when he when he's like grabbing the ropes, sometimes it's like, is he doing that for balance or just to sort of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, because he's holding on to the ropes a lot. Generally, like the the story of this match was that Vince had bought off the Hart family to act as lumberjacks for the match, give him an advantage. So Vince could once again screw over Brett. Brett grabs a mic and says, "Uh, y'all got your cash up front, right? Mm -hmm. Okay." Uh, one thing I learned, uh, double cross. Uh, so they're, they're, they're all still aligned. The Hart family is unified. And so what would happen is Brett would get a little offense off. Uh, Vince would either roll out of the ring or Brett would toss him out. And then it would be uh, Tyson Kidd and Davey Boy Smith Jr. Mm, yeah. Doing most of the attacking in Natalia. 
Yeah. They were actually doing a lot of the heavy lifting in this yeah. match. Beating up Vince on the outside of the ring, ringside on the mats. Um, they'd put Vince back in. Uh, Brett would uh, uh, get, work up Vince over a little bit more. Repeat. At one point, Vince crawls under the ring, grabs a crowbar. Uh, Hart family ringside is all, whoa, mm-hmm. we don't mess with you now. Vince gets back in, tries to hit Brett. He avoids, punches Vince, and then Vince loses the crowbar immediately. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Bret Hart utilizes crowbar, mm-hmm. and I believe a chair too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, before finally submitting Vince via sharpshooter. Yeah, yeah. And then he had a couple more little you know deals with the WWF. He was yeah, champion WWE. one time. He beat he beat Miz for the United States Championship, which he then vacated because he was made general manager. He had a tag team match at SummerSlam, I think, with Cena against like I don't know the Nexus or something. I forget what it was. Um, so he did a couple more things, but it was, I mean, the thing, the one thing that Bret Hart can claim properly is that he's one of the best technical wrestlers that wrestling has ever seen, and to be in a match that was literally anything but was just kind of, you know, it's kind of sad. Well, I think, I th- you know, also I think the, the creative of the match to, 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 to protect Brett yeah. didn't do anybody any favors. I well, think that, I, was, that was really, in my mind, where it suffered most was, was... But how do you book a match with a guy who can't take a bump? Well, it doesn't have to be 15 minutes, first of all. Oh, no, it's completely true. It's yeah. way too long. Especially yeah. once... I felt like it could have been something as simple as you keep the double cross thing, even though it's ridiculous. Um... Uh, Vince gets tossed out of the... I mean, it's telling that the crowd was not into the match. No, they were Everybody weren't. was sitting on their hands. Because it there was, was no excitement of, involved Yeah, it was, it was just kind of sad. Vince, uh, Brett walked out with jorts and, and, a, t-shirt. and a Bret Hart t-shirt. But, like, if 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 the maybe the swerve had taken place during the course of the match, it would have generated a little more excitement. Um, have that lead directly to the finish of the match. Have it last all of five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Brett beats up Vince a little bit. Uh, maybe they both are, I guess, Brett really can't take a bump, so it'd be difficult. Um, somehow they both end up on the outside. Um, it seems like the Hart family is going to do something to Brett. Instead, they turn their eyes on Vince, toss Vince, beat him up a bit, toss Vince back in the ring. Brett rolls in, sharpshooter, Vince taps, match over. Yeah. Something yeah. quick. Yeah, five quick. minutes, yeah. That builds to a quick crescendo. Vince taps, something the crowd can get behind. On with our yeah. WrestleMania. But it might have been a situation where you just thought, well, more more Vince is better. Maybe, maybe. But no, I, I agree with you totally. Like there, there definitely could have been some ways to do it better. It's just really difficult with a guy who, you know, maybe in Vince takes it. If he falls, he might die. Maybe in Vince's mind, he thought it would be fulfilling for the crowd to not only see Vince lose and to get to get humiliated, get outsmarted by Brett, but also to literally see the the you know the get beat up with a crowbar mm-hmm. in the chair maybe that'd be he thought yeah. that'd be a visceral experience for the crowd didn't turn out that way because no one really seemed to get into it yeah yeah uh there are a couple of notes about this and and one of them really illustrates where brett was coming from and i mean for in in that degree you really have to appreciate it. i mean oh, once, definitely. once you go through something he's gone through I think this match did come off as fairly therapeutic for him definitely and so that's really good there's two things number one there was a uh, on one of those aforementioned wrestling website, wrestling message boards, wrestlingforum.com, there was a user named Jordan Rose. Um, this is anecdotal. Take it for what you will. He says, I was at a Q&A with Bret Hart this year, and he talked about how massively important that match was to him because he was sat in hospital in 2003 having lost control of the entire left side of his body. He couldn't even imagine being able to walk again. 
much less walk out and work at WrestleMania, he became very emotional. Um, Bret Hart on his own Facebook page at the time, um, which I, I read like a bunch of these like sort of in sequence, mm-hmm. and his whole experience WrestleMania weekend seemed like a very positive therapeutic yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. He posted this. He said, I can't begin to describe the flood of excitement that pulsated through me at seeing the sight of that massive stadium filled with fans. Although I know it was far from my greatest performance, I can proudly say it was one of my, my most glorious victories I've ever had. Once upon a time in my wheelchair, after suffering my stroke in 2002, thinking how impossible it was to even conceive of such a moment makes me as proud of as ever of anything I ever did in a ring. It was sweet seeing the entire Hart family play a part in giving Vince McMahon the beating of his lifetime. When I briefly saw Linda afterwards in the hallway, I confessed with a smile that I'd secretly given him a couple of choice chair shots just for her. This drew a burst of laughter and a smile. In truth, I'd like to thank all the McMahons, that includes Triple H, for their kindness, hospitality, and for a fantastic three-month ride I'll never forget. So it did seem that he was in a positive headspace, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. it seems like the guy desperately needed yes. at the time. So, yep. so that alone is, is probably worth it. Yep. Um, but he obviously had a lot of other much, 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 much greater performances than that. Mm-hmm. Moving on, number four. Four. Roddy Piper versus Mr. T boxing match. At WrestleMania 2, this is like a precursor to Brawl for All, except this is most decidedly supposed to be a shoot boxing match, which... It obviously wasn't. It's a terrible idea. Yeah. To begin with. Yeah. Well, this was this was a fake boxing. Sorry, match. I meant to say work yeah. boxing. <laughs> yeah. Match. Apologies. I mean, we're supposed to think it's a shoot, but yeah, it's, obviously it's obviously a work. work. My apologies. I meant to say work. Yes. Um, um, but it's not good. Yeah. So obviously, the year before, they uh, uh, co-main or they main evented with Hulk Hogan and yeah. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Orndorff. Orn. Everybody calls it calls him Orndorff. Except Piper. Except. Yeah, exactly. It's only Hogan and Mr. T that call him Paul Orndorff. Well, that's everybody I need. It cracks me up because I think there's been one other time, I forget who it was, but you and I are sitting here watching a shoot interview, and he says Orndorff. And it makes me laugh because, yes, it's Orndorff, but everybody that I've seen seems to call him Orndorff. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so, yeah, they were in the main event the prior year. Of course, this feud continued on. To WrestleMania uh, 2. To yeah. WrestleMania 2. That was a great idea to have a boxing match. Yeah, and they were going to go all, what was it, 10 rounds, 12 rounds? Uh, maybe five. I do know when when they started, it was like I, I swear Joan Rivers said something like, "You're about uh, to get be, ten rounds of boxing oh, action." Could be because it went to the fourth, right? Yeah, but yeah, Miss, uh, Piper uh, body slammed Mr. T, so Mr. T won by disqualification. Yeah, it was long. Like these were yeah. legitimately these were legitimate three rounds. rounds. Yeah, yeah they were three yeah. minute rounds, yeah. and then a one minute sit down or whatever it is. Yeah, and then back to it. Yeah. of just fake boxing. Yeah, it's like obviously fake boxing. Yeah, and there seemed to be. It's funny because we had heard, you know, we had read and heard that there was legitimate heat between Piper and Mr. T. Yeah, something about how Piper didn't think Mr. T respected the business. Yeah. But then when you go back, so we watched a, a video of Mr. T talking about Piper after he passed. Uh, TMZ got his reaction. And then we watched a, a, a 2013, 2015, something with Piper yeah. where the, the guy asked him, what are your thoughts on Mr. T, where there was supposed to still be some real blood between the two of them. And the, Piper seemed completely still in kayfabe. He seemed, he seemed in character. Well, it seemed like he's about to laugh the entire time. Yeah, and he, he, was, he was talking about these stories about Mr. T that seemed wildly out of character from the Mr. T that we sort of... Mr. T legitimately seems like one of the coolest dudes. Like, he always comes off as the most humble... Like, watch his Hall of Fame ceremony. They had to get him off the stage because he was talking about how much he loved his mom too much. Mm-hmm. And so 
And then when Mr. T talks about him, he was like, yeah, you know, all that was all hype, you know, because in the wrestling business, you got to keep it. And then he starts talking about Piper and the kind of opponent he was. But it was all very in character stuff. Yeah. Like that was that talk about respecting the business. Yeah. So I, I honestly well, think that these two from, guys from Mr. T standpoint, it could be it could be a K. He'd be speaking kind of in kayfabe. But he can also just being uh, speaking diplomatically too. Oh yeah, no. Look, if the the guy had died, I, I doubt for a second uh, that he would run him down after yeah. he died. Yeah. That being said, everything that I've seen, I just I honestly kind of feel like these guys just kept in character for the number one. Piper seemed like the kind of guy who is permanently in character, yeah. anyways. Well, I mean, it seemed like Rowdy, whenever Rowdy a camera Piper was, was just him. It was yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I, I kind of feel like in my heart, I just want to believe there was no bad blood here. That That's what I want to believe. So that's what I want to believe. All right. Um, and then if you watch this match, there was a couple times when Piper kind of tags T. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, T probably could have annihilated Piper. Probably. If he was really into like, oh, I don't really care about this. I don't respect the business. I don't know. I kind of feel like he could have done whatever he wanted out there. Maybe. So... Um, but that being said, it's a very long fake boxing match. And it's not enjoyable in the it's, least. No, it is not. It's really bad. It's not. It's really bad. Yeah. Like much of WrestleMania 2 is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. It's got such a... It's, WrestleMania 2 has like an old school house show feel to it. It does. You with, know? with some minor celebrities yeah. as well. Joan Rivers. G. Gordon Liddy. How was that guy still not in jail? It was like just moments before the Watergate happened. It was a few years before, yeah. Yeah, because this is what, 80? Oh, this 86. is 86. So it's almost a decade. It's more well, than a decade. God, why does it feel like it's 82? Like when you watch it, I know. it looks like something from 1982. Yeah, it really does. They really, I mean, very quickly, they really stepped up their production game. Oh, yeah. I feel like by WrestleMania 3, it looked a lot better. Yeah, it did. It looked a lot less house show. House showy, yeah. New York house show. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, moving on. Ugh, we got to talk about this now. <sighs> Number three. Number three. Jerry Lawler versus Michael Cole, WrestleMania 27. So I looked at the 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 the, ton, the length of each match. This was the third longest match on the card. This was long, dude. Uh, yeah, the main event was 15 minutes. Taker Triple H was almost 30. Sorry, the fourth longest. Orton CM Punk was uh, about 15 seconds short of 15 minutes. This was almost 14 minutes long. Here's the thing about this one, though. Is that the yes, the length of time of the actual match might have been that, but the stuff that preceded it oh. and 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 what came afterwards yeah. was obnoxiously Who long. Ever thought that having a heel play by play man was a good idea? It's not. I understand that a heel uh, uh, analyst is a common trope of professional wrestling and it makes sense. There's balance in the commentary team where you have the play-by-play guy calling it right down the middle, mm-hmm. and you have the heel comment or the analyst uh, adding a different perspective. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but at no point should your play-by-play guy uh, be a heel. It well, doesn't it, work. It's funny because I remember watching Raw's prior to this, and he completely railroaded weekly television yeah. with this storyline because the one like the one of the main voices you hear is so here's the setup here so at one hour 37 minutes i believe is when it's sort of or are they going to do the hall oh they're doing the hall of fame, hall of fame first okay. yeah let's see here um but this is back it, when it completely when, railroaded yeah michael cole had his own booth yeah he was yeah. doing commentary from 
Jack Swagger was involved in all this. It was just bad. It was bad, simply annoying. Bad. So we get the recap around the 141 mark. And then let's see here. Oh, oh, go here. Okay, there's Stone Cold. He's about to leave at the two. Yes, this took up about a half hour of time. Yeah, but really, it was just, it was, it just because went on now, now Austin leaves at 2.11. Oh, Lawler's still there. We get more replays. Lawler sits down, and we're kind of done by 2.12. So 141. Good half hour. To or, 2.12. Sorry, a bad half hour. Yeah. A half hour of our time ever was dedicated to that. And the match sucked because Michael Cole's not a wrestler. Right. Yeah, it was just even it was with just, Jack Swagger involved. It was just a terrible, sucked. terrible match. And there was what, was it the Raw after this or a couple weeks later that uh, John Cena humiliated Michael Cole. Oh, didn't we see his butt or something? He poured barbecue sauce all over him. Yeah, did he take down his pants too? I think he might. Maybe have. he did that. I don't. Might or he have. peed himself. I don't know. He was horrible. On him? It was all bad. It was. It was all really bad. The takeaway is it was really bad. This actually could bad. this actually could be the worst, like literally the worst match on this list. I think I could, yeah. I, I this is this is worse than even our top two, but our top two are like bigger matches or with actual wrestlers. Historically bad, yeah. I mean, like number two, the one we're about to get to, those are legitimate wrestlers that should be doing like good yeah, work in there. Be, it should be that one should be a good match. And then even number one is like a really bad match, but one of them is a good wrestler. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on and find out what they are. Yeah. Number two. Two. Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania 20. Yeah, neither of them wanted to be there. They were both leaving WWE after this match, and it just really shows. The crowd found out they were both leaving, crapped all over it, called them sellouts. Yeah. Um, People pop most for Stone Cold, which they will yeah. anyways. Yeah. I mean, well, matter. I guess they probably called Brock a sellout since he was the one that was leaving for football. Um, Goldberg just didn't want to do it anymore. But it's funny because you can, like, if you, if you load this match up on the network and they just sort of skim through it, there's never any action happening. No, it's all it's all rest holds yeah. and like lockups yeah, and pacing around each other. Didn't want to be there. Um, what a bummer! Like that's just that's just a total bummer. I don't know what that deal was. It's funny because you can literally contrast that with the exact same program, but like later. And it's funny a, because a decade later, yeah, and it's actually relatively entertaining. In the uh, in the build up video in the in the video recap of the preceding what was going on. Um, it was actually some pretty fun stuff. Like oh, Brock, that that Brock promo where he was on his knees begging God to give him. Uh, oh man, Goldberg at that was WrestleMania. good stuff. Yeah, that was really good stuff. Yeah. And then he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go do football. I can't really mess myself up. I don't want to get injured." Well, here. It was like six days before Mania that that uh, Brock apparently told the uh, SmackDown locker room that he was out the door. Yeah, yeah. Turned down a huge contract. Yeah, at the time I'm guessing a huge contract. It's the total uh, term or the uh, money of the contract was less than he makes annually now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If reports are true, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just it, it probably more so than any match on this list. This one is the most disappointing mm-hmm. because we eventually saw about ten, twelve years later what these two guys could do in the ring when mm-hmm. they're invested in it, and it was actually pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a bummer we didn't get to see it then. It is a drag, uh, but yeah, yeah. People crapped all over this man. Oh yeah. Uh, all right, here we go. It's time for the worst match in WrestleMania history. Number one. Number one. Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. Oh man! Look at—it's just—it's a naked, very ripped dude, but he's naked. But, it's, but he's it's airbrush, man. That's not real muscle. What? Look, that's no, not real hair either. Are you either. looking at what I'm looking yeah. at? Yeah. Look at what I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, I see airbrush muscle. That is an. Why an would they airbrush hair. a nipple on it? You well, because if he's naked, he's he, gonna—they're gonna do the airbrush and nipple on. Here's it. the thing, though. 
That's a really good airbrush job. It is really good. Because that hair looks real. Yeah, it does. Kind of. If you blur your eyes. I mean, I'm at an angle here, and it looks pretty decent. Yeah. And then he's got bush. Yeah. He's got I can't a thick get over bush it. covering up front area and butt crack. I can't get over that they were like, man, we got this giant Gonzalez guy. Uh, can he move? No. Can he can wrestle? He wrestle? No. Can no. he sell? No. Uh, he's like eight feet tall. He looks great. Okay, cool. Well, let's take his look. And let's make it stupid by making him a naked guy. A naked, hairy guy. A naked, hairy because guy. Because he's with, a giant. And the the implication is he's got thick bush and a micro. Yeah. So that you can't even see the mushroom tip. Yeah. That's the law. That's kayfabe. It really is. Kayfabe's, na- kayfabe's naked, right? Yeah. <laughs> with a micro, yes. <laughs> with a micro. And a really thick Thick, thick, thick thicket of hair yeah. up his butt crack. Here's too. what I want people to think when they look at Giant Gonzalez. Uh, Hairy micro penis wrestler. Gym locker room, like where <coughs> giants go. Yeah. Like, I want you to imagine that you're in a giant, like a, a gym specifically for giants. Yes. You're in the locker room, and that one guy, you know, comes out of the shower and just doesn't care, you know, takes off his towel. He's got a micro. He's got the, the first knuckle on the thumb. Yeah, but you can't see that. Because of the thicket of hair. Because it's so thick. Yes. Yes. And the match is crap. It it's is crap. Awful. It's, it's awful. It's so bad. It's horrendous. Because Giant Gonzalez can't do anything. No, he literally can't. He can't throw a decent looking punch. Yeah. He can't sell. Him no. selling is... It's like the uh, the Talking Heads video for uh, <laughs> Once in a Lifetime. Just does this all the time. That's him selling. <laughs> That's an obscure reference. Um... So it's a bad match. There's chloroform involved, which according to Bruce Pritchard was just like a, uh, something commentary came up with. No, oh, yeah. Um, Bruce, <laughs> yeah. Bruce Pritchard was asked when the, when they when it, when did Bruce realize it was a bad idea citing Giant Gonzalez, and he said when the bell rung. Yeah. As soon as they saw him in action. Yeah. This is, this is a terrible. It's a terrible mistake. You know, that's one thing about like listening to that Pritchard podcast that's just absolutely stunning to me. It's just how loosey-goosey they used to play things with, like, WrestleMania. Oh, I know. With anything, really. It's like Vince calls up Undertaker and says, Are you ready to be the Undertaker? This is from the Undertaker shoot interview. And he's like, Oh, yeah, I'm here. You know, I didn't know they were going to do this. And then how do they debut Undertaker? Like, against Hulk Hogan? Kind of, yeah. Like, basically. Yeah. Like, was it the first month? What? Undertaker debuted a Survivor Series, right? That was his official debut, yeah. But he had appeared on some house shows. I think one TV debut right. before when he was Kane the Undertaker. Right. And then he like very quickly had a, a title match against Hogan, right? Um, it was the following year he won the belt from yeah. Hogan. That's crazy. Like, hey, let's just bring in this new guy. But it's funny. It's like they, they do that. They have the, the title match against Hogan, which he wins. But then the title picture is in dispute somewhat. Um, but I, according to Pritchard... Vince didn't see Undertaker as a title yeah, as a champion. Weird. That is weird. Yeah, that is really weird. Is this all like a, a, a long succession of heels that Vince brought in to take on Hogan just to build up Hogan? It just makes me laugh that like they'll bring people in and just give them these ridiculous pushes. Like Sid had a crazy push when he first was. They weren't. They weren't. They brought him in to replace Hogan. Yeah. So they'll bring those guys in, but then when it comes to like a guy that's actually a really good company guy, wrestler, Bret Hart, it's like. Scratching and clawing. Well, I take him for granted because he's a good wrestler. He's a good company guy. <laughs> exactly. I mean, exactly. Sid was green. Oh yeah, green. Yeah. When they brought him in. Yeah. And it shows. You watched that Hogan match. Oh boy. In no way was he ready to be face of the company. Remember that period a couple of years ago when Michael Cole was jacked. Yeah, man. When he was. Trim. I if he's still jacked. He's not. Oh, like right. he hides it. I noticed it. I just noticed it because uh, I was like, man, his face is looking kind of puffy, and I'm not one to talk. Like I'm a fat bastard too. But I just remember being very impressed by his. There's like, pictures of him where he was jacked. Jacked. And then, uh, 
and he he was interviewing somebody. Oh, it was uh, it was in like a NXT backstage thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he was talking to somebody. I forgot who it was. Oh God, it's on the tip of my friggin' tongue. I forget. And uh, it was more of a shoot. Michael Cole. He had like a polo shirt on, and mm. you can see he's like he's he's ballooned a bit again. He's got a tummy again. Huh? Keeping weights off difficult though, man. It is. It really is. You know? But I was inspired when I saw him all jacked. Like, yeah, I was man. Like, he oh looked, man, he looked he looked jacked. Yeah, he was great. Anyways, so yeah, Taker versus Gonzalez. Uh, crap match. DQ finish. Terrible, terrible stuff. Yeah, they they take Taker to the back of the stretcher. He comes back out, beats up Jack Gonzalez. They they thought this match was so great, they had a rematch. That's, That's so weird that they saw this and were like, let's do it again. It's one of the few times where they had to play a story of mine. They're like, well, we kind of have to finish this one. I haven't seen. I don't know if I watched that match. I have not. Or if I have, it's been a while. Um, so I don't know if it's it's as bad as this, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was. It was shorter, I think. Yeah. Anyways, that's it for Countout. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We appreciate Oh, one thing. I, well, I'll do that on Monday. New patrons on Monday. It's already the end of the show. Anyways, uh, thanks so much for tuning in. If you're listening to this in the audio realm, please leave us a rating, review, or a comment. It really goes a long way. Yes. Hit that subscribe button, the notify bell on YouTube, and uh, take a look at our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. We've got a bunch of rewards there mm-hmm. uh, up for offer all the way from $1, which goes a long way. Yep. All the way up to the $50 mark where you get a bounty, man. You get a t-shirt, you oh, get a man. comic book, you stickers. So if you're a fan of Going In Raw and you want to support the show, that's a great way to do it. Thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Be a part of Going In Raw today at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Starting at $1 a month, you can enjoy Going In Raw ad-free, gain access to the daily 30-minute Going In Raw post-show, exclusive merchandise, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.